Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. us pray. Blessed are we when our spirits draw together and when we call upon you, O Lord, to be near us, to listen to us, and to save us from our pain. We confess, O Lord, that we are not innocent. We have callous thoughts towards one another. We don't always bite our tongues. 
We tear down rather than lift one another up. Be near us. Listen to us. Forgive us. We pray. And now we pray silently. these words of forgiveness. God's mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. It's so much bigger than we can even imagine. All we can do as we receive this gift of mercy is to return our thanks. So thanks be to God. Our scripture reading today comes from a minor prophet, Habakkuk. In fact, for the season of Advent, Lucas and I are going to be taking a look at this prophet Habakkuk. So the reading today comes from chapter one, the first four verses. Listen for God's word. The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise, so the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The title of today's sermon is How Long? I overheard a conversation the other day between a parent and their kid, and they were talking about an upcoming trip, a drive that they were going to take, and the kid was asking how long the drive was going to be. The parent said, 10 hours. 
and the kid instantly rebelled. Like you could see blood vessels popping in their neck. I don't remember it taking that long. I don't want to go anymore. And the parent, whose teaching I have since taken to heart, changed tactics quick. How long do you want it to be? The kid thought for a minute and said, five hours. Okay, the parent said, and the kid moved on. Y'all, it was like watching parenting ninja tricks. I watched in utter amazement as this almost full-on tantrum just fizzled away. It seems the parent has a pretty healthy grasp on con- the concept of time. Of course, there is factual time. It's likely to take this family 10 hours to drive to where they need to go, but that can change, right? It could be a little bit more or a little bit less depending on the traffic. But the parent realized that in that moment, it was better to focus on our perception of time, especially for the kid asking. Instead of how many hours, the response could be how many movies they get to watch on their iPad or how many states they'll get to pass through. Time can be as short or as long as we make it to be. The prophet Habakkuk touches on this passing of time and our perception of it when he pleads with God. He wants time to speed up. How long, O Lord, will I cry out to you and you will not listen? How long will I cry violence and you will not save us? We don't have to know all that's going on behind the scenes to get the sentiment. Habakkuk sees violence and suffering, and he is ready for it to come to its end. This isn't the first time in scripture people have cried out to God asking how long. In fact, we're gonna put our student hats on right now and take a quick tour through scripture. The Israelites, when they were freed from oppression in Egypt, they wandered the desert looking for the promised land. They cried out, how long? How long, O God, will you have us wander through this wilderness without being settled? How long will we go on without food, without water? How many people will we have to bury before you make it end? It ended up being 40 years for them, 40 years years. That's how long they waited. And even when the change came, it was slow. Not everyone who started made it it to the promised land. And it probably took a while once they got there to settle in, to build infrastructure, schools, hospitals, businesses. Then we can move in scripture a little bit to Noah and his family and all those animals that were inside the ark. You know, with all of them living in such close quarters that they were asking God, how long we gotta do this? How long until the rain will stop and there will be enough dry land for us to come out of this sea-based quarantine? For them, they were on the ark for some time, but the change that they wanted, that came overnight. One day, one hour, it just stopped. The rain stopped and the sun came out and this beautiful rainbow stretched across the sky, a new promise between God and God's people that God would not destroy the earth in the same way again. Their change came quick. 
like the Israelites and Noah's family, Habakkuk has been waiting on change for some time. And he's crying out to God on behalf of of the people of Judah, God's people, because an enemy nation is rising against them. The Chaldeans, also known as the Babylonian Empire, it's rising in, in force against them. And there is an imminent attack at play. And unlike the other prophets, Habakkuk, he doesn't spend any time yelling at God's people. He doesn't speak on God's behalf to warn the people, hey, quick, change your ways before the danger comes. No, Habakkuk, he goes straight to God with this complaint. In prayer, he begs, how long, Lord, will I cry out and you will not listen? How long will I cry violence and you will not save? I appreciate this move from Habakkuk. I appreciate that he isn't yelling at people who are already hurting. I appreciate that he's affirming what he knows to be true about God, even as he pleads to God. How long will I cry to you and you will not listen? How long will I cry violence and you will not save? There's knowledge about God being revealed here. Habakkuk's theology In his prayer, we learned that it is God's identity to listen to us. It is God's identity to save us from violence. Habakkuk goes on, why do you make me look at wrongdoing? Why do I have to see strife and contention arise among the people? Habakkuk knows that God can do something about the wrongdoing. God is the ultimate judge. God holds the ultimate law. God can make things right here. And now, so why won't God go on already? How long must we wait to see the fullness of the kingdom? Many of us feel like we're playing this game with time, wishing for it to speed up. I'm guilty of it. I confess we got our Christmas tree last weekend. And we're asking each other when this pandemic is gonna end. Is it gonna end by the, the, the first quarter of next year or the second? How long can my business run on bare bones models? How, how long until we turn a profit again or hire the employees that we need? Or how long till we'll be able to do the thing we love without restrictions? How long, oh Lord, are you gonna have us wait? It's an appropriate question for this time. Today, we enter the season of Advent. For four Sundays, we gather and worship and we mark time as we wait for the celebration of our Savior being born. And over the next four weeks, we will build our expectation. We will prepare our hearts and our homes. And that's good because Christmas doesn't just happen overnight. The birth of Jesus into this world didn't just happen overnight. There were steps ahead of time, angels that visited Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. It is right for us to go slow, to talk about what this coming light means for us, to read our Bibles and get excited for the light to come to us. Here's the thing about Advent though. There's an expiration date. We all know that Advent is up 
on December 24th. That's when Jesus comes. That's when we mark the day. We get to mark it down in our chocolate advent calendars and, and we can fill our days with Christmas music and hot cocoa and greenery until then. We make the waiting cozy even when it is not. Even when the sun goes down before 6 p.m. and most workers don't get to see the light of day, or, or even when we read in the news the rising number of people both getting the coronavirus and dying from the coronavirus, even, even when we see our kid is still regressing, no matter how much attention we give them or support that teachers offer, Advent creates a time escape, time that we can measure and count and control, and it feels good especially when in 2020, the waiting has felt anything but predictable. The uncontrollable waiting for this pandemic to end has proven to be unbearable for us. How long, O oh Lord? You tell us how long. The energy is palpable. The energy, communal energy of wanting to propel ourselves into uh, the future to to hurry up time, which you know the the future is promised to be so much better than what we have right now in the present. But I can remember a different relationship with time. When my mom was placed on hospice, we all flew home to be with her, and I remember being so mad at myself that I that I lived so far away. At the time, I was out in California. My parents lived in North Carolina. And so I was, you know, booking the flights and trying to get there as, as fast as I could. And I was so mad at the time change because then it, it meant that when I got home, it would be even later for my mom. And I wanted time to slow down because I knew I didn't have much left of it with her. I wanted time to slow down because it was going too fast for me, fleeting from beneath my grasp from the moment the doctor said it was time for hospice, we all knew that there was this invisible clock just ticking down time. When I got to her, she was still lucid and I'm forever grateful for that time that I got to spend with her, telling stories and watching stupid TV and caring for her as best that I could. I remember begging God, for time to slow down, and it wouldn't. And then one day, one day it became clear to me that it wasn't helpful for me to want time to slow down. It became apparent to me how much pain my mom was in, and I, I just switched gears and went the other way and began to wish for time to speed back up. I wanted God to take her out of that deep pain because seeing her in physical pain became harder to bear than the emotional pain of letting her go. Our relationship with time is such that we often want to control it, especially in times when we are suffering. We wanna know when it's gonna end. We wanna know how to appropriately manage our time, the in-between time not just for the pandemic, but for our very lives. We wanna make mo the most of the time that we have. We wanna know how long it's gonna last. And, and all of these questions are, are good <laughs> to make in prayer before God. 
For when we do, writer and theologian Anne Lamont says, when we pray, light reveals itself to us. She says, light reveals us to ourselves, which is not always great, she says, if you find yourself in a big, disgusting mess, possibly of our own creation. This is what happens to Habakkuk, as we'll see. God's response is that the Babylonian empire will rise against God's people. And yet the light is good as it is revealed because it doesn't just illumine what is going on within us. It reveals who God is for us. Always the listener, always our savior. God is gonna listen no matter our plea. God is gonna save us. Thanks be to God. Staring at the ceiling Trying to figure out How we end up here Time and time again Swallowed up in doubt Brother, I quit dreaming Around the time that you did Traded hopes of leaving For the road where I'm best suited I still see 
come now to the time of Holy Communion. So I invite you while you're listening to the Holy Interruption next to find some substance around your home, some bread and some wine. Find that and, uh, and bring it to a table so that we can draw near to Christ who meets us, who shows us our neighbor and sustains us with all that we need. And now for Holy Interruption. Carly and Chad May. We finally share a last name now, which is really exciting. Despite COVID's many attempts to ruin our wedding plans, we are finally able to have a small ceremony and get married. We're so thankful for the moments we've gotten to celebrate within the madness this year and hope you're having moments of joy worth celebrating in your lives as well. We have loved worshiping on the lawn and look forward to it getting a little colder so that we can bundle up together and continue to worship. Have a great week, y'all. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right to give our thanks and praise to you, O God, for you created this world and all that is in it. You made each one of us. You know the numbers of hair on our head. And though you hold us to the law of love, you always forgive. And you sent Jesus so that we would see your, fle- your love in the flesh, so that we would know the stories and his example for how to live the faith you require of us. We thank you, O Lord, for never giving up on us, for sacrificing your only son, Jesus, to take on the sin of the world and to free us from guilt and shame so that we can live at one, at peace, through you. We praise you, joining our voices with the choirs of angels and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might Heaven and earth are full of your glory 
Blessed are we, O Lord, to be in your presence, to be filled up with good things. Hear us now as we pray together the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he was with his friends. And after they had eaten, he took bread and he gave thanks for it. And he broke it saying, this is my body broken and given for you. Take, eat, don't forget. In the same way, he took the cup and after he gave thanks, he poured it out saying, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Take, drink, don't forget. Scripture says that as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim Christ's saving grace until he comes again. I invite you now to eat the bread and to drink from the cup. The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, you make us holy by filling us with good things and sending us out to be bearers of your word into this broken world. May this bread and cup that we share embolden us to love instead of hate, to forgive instead of retaliate, to seek you instead of focusing in on ourselves. Amen. And now for the benediction. God may not answer our question, how long, in the ways that we want God to, but God will listen to us. God will save us. So as you go from this place, this time of worship together, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me slash give. Or you can mail a check to the church at 2030 Greg Street. The zip code is 29201. A special thanks to our technical team and artists of all forms. Musical composition and vocals brought to you by Paisley Settlemeyer and Sean Thompson. Audio mastery by Drew Parker. Hark the Herald Angels Sing by Felix Mendelssohn. Gloria Patry by City Hymns and Every Color by Luca Fulgau. 
Music covered under the license CCS number 11209. Scripture quoted from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible and Theological Musings and Prayer brought to you by Lucas Jones and Don Hyde.